Does competition or comparison have a place in the church? And welcome back to Pew Babies, your apostolic podcast. I'm Ron. I'm Church Glad. Yeah. I'm Bernie Sanders this week. Oh Lord. Why you say it like that? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Bernie Sanders this week. Just totally unbothered. <laughs> <laughs> unbothered. <laughs> they have, they just been playing him everywhere. Uh, all over the internet. No, I found out today that his memes. On his shirts, uh, he actually got in on the fun. So the memes will be put on like paraphernalia and they'll be selling them and the proceeds will be going towards Meals on Wheels. Hey, so. okay. Just like Bernie. I love that. Like Bernie. <sighs> that should have been you, Bernie. <laughs> should have been you. Right. Should have been you. So let's get started with this week's show. How's everything going, y'all? How's your week been? Less than highly favored. It's been. It's been. Uh <laughs> said his move for real. It's been. Um, we'll probably talk about this later in the show, but it's been. But other than that, it's uh, you know, I'm alive and I'm well and mm. um oh, I'm still behind in statistics, but I got an A on my last assignment. Hey, so man. we're making headway. Yeah, Praise we're God. making headway. That's yeah, awesome. so, congrats. Yeah, maybe congrats. I won't have to take the class three times. So yeah. Look at God. Third time's a charm. He rose on the third day. Hold on. <laughs> It need to just be one time. Just- it, it needs to be. And this is my first time. But for some reason, I prophesied that. No, don't prophesy. Don't even speak it. I bind that you from the in Jesus' name. You shall get in it. In Jennifer Lopez tongues. <laughs> I'm dead. Stop. <laughs> oh, Lord. So my week was good. If you listen to last week's episode, I was tired. But I'm rejuvenated on tonight. I had my smoothie. Amen. Yes. Okay, smoothie. Yes. Um, I made it myself. Yeah, you know, okay, you get the frozen God. fruit and you put it in your uh, your blender, your bullet. See, um, 2021, Saints getting all healthy on us. She fasting. Right. You still on your fast? How's it going? It's ending on Monday. <gasps> Thank you, Lord. Oh. I'm so ready. Thank you, Jesus. Also, skincare routine. I just like shout out to Rihanna with her Fenty skin. She don't sponsor oh. us, but I'm just saying, like her products. She are really wants good. to. Hear us, Rihanna. Praise God. Your skin, okay, skin. There's no filter on right now. No, no, it's not a filter. Ooh, so. Look at the glow. The I'm glow. <laughs> Gloria God is all over Deronda on tonight. Amen. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Lord. I received that. So, um, y'all want some pre-baby trivia tonight? Go for it. I don't know. I don't know. Hold on, wait. Brother, Why you... brother, Apostle Bernie Sanders mood. Mm-hmm. Come out the New Testament. <laughs> he said the New Testament. Like this, no, because it helps me read my word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I've been reading. I've been reading it. I've been in uh, First Kings this week. Doing, oh, doing yeah. But okay. no, please don't call. Uh, don't, 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 no, don't. No, 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 no. Do it, do it, do it. I haven't do finished it. studying. I haven't finished studying. So. <laughs> Shop is on. Nope. 
<laughs> well, I was just going to switch it up and do like a name that Pew baby. So I give y'all a quote and y'all tell me who said it. Okay. All right. I, I'm good. It's easy. All right. First one is easy. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. David. David. Lord, what's this? Joshua, what in the world? Same thing. No, it's not. It's so different. Yes, it was. I said Joshua. It just came out David. <laughs> Y'all, please don't judge the saints. They tired. It's late. That's for me in my house. Okay. She right, said yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it was Joshua. Oh, it was don't Joshua. try to act like y'all know that. <laughs> I knew that. Dang, that was the easy one. Now, um, all, right. all right. So this one, um, it's I'm going to give y'all the quote, but then I'm going to tell y'all like the background. Um, Our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. And basically the Ooh. Lord said to him, in, in your mother's womb, I formed thee. Oh. Who is Jeremiah. Hold on, wait, her face went up. <laughs> okay, hold on, wait. Can we get multiple choice? Nah. Ding, ding, ding. You got it right, Jeremiah. Hey. I'm not going to delay y'all. Was that in chapter 29? Uh-uh. It's the first chapter. First chapter. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, that was good. All right. This one, if y'all listen to the quote, y'all be able to get who this is. All right. All right. Shoot. If they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then shall I be weak. And be as another man. Think of Old Testament who was not weak. Samson. Ding, ding, ding. That's right. Yes, Samson. <laughs> Thank God for repeating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you was on it tonight. Bible Bowl Champion of 2005. I remember at the state meeting. I was the one. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, Lord. I won that. <laughs> <laughs> But y'all, Samson Delilah's story, I finally like really read it in the scriptures. It is hilarious. And we need to have a discussion about how God wanted Delilah in Samson's life. But anyway. Um, is that that's the story about her cutting his hair, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But there was multiple times where she tried to get his weakness, but Sometimes God will assign you a spouse that wants to get your weakness. But hey, anyway. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Valentine's special. That. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So that is your Pew Baby trivia this week. Uh, Apostle, do you have anything for us? I actually do. So I'm actually going to take it back to the apostolic businesses. Um, we're kind of shaking it up. So we're going to kind of be uh, toggling between uh apostolic churches and apostolic businesses uh, going into 2021. So we got another custom clothing company, y'all. So we, by the time it's over with, you know, we're going to leave the secular stores and we're going to have our own little mall, y'all. I'm excited. Um, so uh, we have Mandre. Mandre, uh, well, actually, yeah, Mandre, his name is actually Manier Jones, but Mandre is the name of his business. It's a custom clothier company that specializes in men's and women's suits and formal wear. Um, our goal is to become a one-stop shop where you can get your ties, pocket squares, shoes, and much more. We want to make a difference in the church market and change and reform how men especially dress in our churches. No, that's right. 
Uh, my church, his church name is Emmanuel Church of Jesus Christ Apostolic. He put an explanation point. Pastor Lynn Walters, and I think he is actually from the Delaware area. Uh, yeah, so support him. Uh, you can reach him on social media uh, at right now is Jonesy with three Y's. It's his personal page underscore. Uh, so there's Jones with three S's and three Y's underscore. And then his business page is at underscore Mandre, M-A-N-D-R-E underscore. Um, so let's look him up. Sharp dressed brother, let me say. Very sharp dressed brother. So look him up, support him. And if you have an apostolic business or if you have a church in the area, a church that will be conducive to young millennials um, that's going to be welcoming to them, feel free to send us an email, pbabies at gmail.com. That way we can go ahead and get them shout out on this show. Amen. And go support my kin. If he's from Delaware, then he really He's from Delaware. What's up, cuz? What's up, blood? (laughs) Dale. All right, y'all. So you know what time it is. We're going to take it to the church announcements. The inauguration was this past Wednesday. Was it Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes, it was Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. And um, so uh, I guess they had the prayer meeting. Praise God. Okay. So there was a Christian author named Jen Hatmaker who on Thursday joined a progressive group of interfaith leaders for the National Prayer Service in honor of President Joe Biden's inauguration. She has apologized for the first line of a prayer she delivered at the event. So um, the line was, Almighty God, you have given us this good land as our heritage. Hatmaker began in the prayer that was written by the organizers of the event. And her apology was posted on Facebook shortly after the event. She says, I was proud to offer the final liturgical prayer, which was written by the organizers to serve as an anchor. I have one regret and thus an apology. The very first sentence, thank God for giving us this land for our heritage. He didn't give us this land. She says, "Um, we took this land by force and trauma. It wasn't an innocent divine transaction with God. It bestowed an empty continent to colonizers. Uh, This is a shiny version of our actual history. If God gave this land to anyone, it was to the Native community who's always lived here. Hatmaker continued. Any thoughts? It's hard being politically correct. It really is. And that's the thing about the interfaith. Um, establishments and groups is that you have to be very sensitive because I mean she's right I'm glad that she acknowledged the history I'm glad that she recognized the fact that this is land that is stolen well I I think they should have thought about like the heritage part that didn't sound good but (laughs) um like thank you God for the fact that we all here you know like for what it's worth like even though you know, we were brought here like as black people, as slaves and stuff like that. I couldn't imagine being anywhere else at this point. And like, is that necessarily a good thing? Not really. But <laughs> it's just to say like, you know, we're here now. And so let's just kind of move forward. So I appreciate the fact that she went back in and apologized. I'm glad that she recognized that we have a bad, uh, like a very terrible history in this country of taking people's things that don't belong to us and lying about it. But yeah, that just 
comes with some of the roles though that you have to be more politically correct now so yeah i agree with ron it's the accountability for me where she went back <clears throat> and apologized and recognized um the error for uh in her prayer and, and i don't think it was probably written to mean any harm um but uh, like ron said you have to be politically correct um and it goes back to just like the people that you know um have a strong uh uh have this strong innate nature to uphold nationalism where, you know, they have this great, um, they have this great dedication to our country, you know, this make America great people again and stuff. And it goes back to this, you know, if, if you found a country on stolen land where you killed indigenous people and then, you know, was built on the, on the backs of slaves and, and things of that nature, this country was never great because the Bible tells us thou should not steal. So anything that goes against God's word can't be great at all. So um, I think, you know, I, I love that she was able to recognize that and put that into words about, you know, her, you know, recognizing that this land was was built on the backs of slaves and indigenous people. And it was taken away from them only to be, you know, upheld by um, now a lot of white supremacists. So, yeah, there's that. Well, okay. So this is going to go a little bit to the left. So um, there was a 1,500-year-old Christ born of Mary inscription discovered in Israel. 11 hours ago. So archaeologists have unearthed this 1,500-year-old inscribed Christian blessing that begins Christ, comma, born of Mary. Um, the Israel Authority reported it, and uh, the stone in inscription was written in Greek, uh, was once part of a, uh, a structure that is above door frames that decorated the entrance of a church located in now to Taiba. I want to get that wrong. It's a village in Israel's Northern Jezreel Valley Valley. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. And this isn't just some fairy tale made up story. Jesus is real. <laughs> so Right. I mean, how much more do you need to prove? Right. No, I like that. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a little bit encouraging. But uh, also, on another side, Twitter is getting sued, y'all. So Twitter <laughs> is getting sued after a child sexual abuse video that received over 167,000 likes and 2,000 retweets. A federal lawsuit was filed against the social media giant Twitter on Wednesday on behalf of a teenager who claims that the company waited for days to remove sexually graphic videos of himself and another minor posted to his platform by sex traffickers. Any thoughts? Ooh, disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, no, I, I think that is like, <laughs> that is crazy to me. That is so crazy to me. Um, which is why, I, you know, I think that's why the, that's the very dangerous part about social media is that with some of these platforms, you can literally post anything on there. Like if you could post like child molestation videos and it stays up there. Wow. That says a lot about that social media platform. Like that is, that's, 
on a whole nother level of disgusting. And I think that they should sue Twitter. I use Twitter, but I think they should sue Twitter, you know, in that regard, if those allegations are true. So it's funny because there's a lot of uh, talks about censorship now um, that Trump got kicked off of Twitter. That's what I was about <laughs> to say. Right. And then on the other hand, you have somebody being like sexually assaulted and that's online. And it's just like, it's it's very Backwards. crazy and strange. Yeah. Um. Not like I I don't necessarily know the procedures for the company. I don't know how many requests they get a day of people saying take down this post and who, how they review. So you know it might take time, but just the fact that that even happened is is horrible. I hope they catch whoever posted it. Trafficking is real. So, and it's it is it's utterly disgusting to be honest. Like sickening. Mm. No words. Well, I agree with all of that. And with that being said, that concludes our church announcements. Amen. So a lot of the saints, well, hopefully not the saints, but maybe some of the saints engaged in watching a versus last night. <laughs> so <laughs> from what I'm aware, <laughs> look <laughs> Apostle, don't act like you don't know because you was just laughing. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> because we've been in this pandemic for the last year and a couple months, uh, there's been a lot of versus events where artists of what we call equal status or stature supposedly will come against each other and play songs and things like that. And people will say, oh, well, this person won or that person won. So anyway, um, this week... I was thinking about it and I was like, let's talk about some verses that happens in the church and let's talk about competition in the church. So my first question for you guys is, have you ever been in competition with or compared to another saint? What happened and how did it make you feel? No, I've been compared. um, I've been compared like sub the what's the word subtly subtly subsequently. I don't know. (laughs) Well, let me use another word. I've been I've been compared on the low. Like, uh, I remember I was sitting in Sunday school. This this was a while ago, like maybe like six, seven years ago. I was sitting in Sunday school and the person teaching Sunday school was like, yeah, because I was like, I was over the choir. And they was just like, yeah, because um, see, but such and such, such and such over there, they play four or five different instruments. They always practicing. They always learning. They like, and I'm like, okay. So they know they play different instruments, you know, Blah blah blah. I I don't, you know. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not perfecting my craft. So and it made me feel kind of bad, whatever. But then I'm like, this is a family church, and you know, blood is gonna always be thicker than water, which it shouldn't be like that in church. But that's what it was. So yeah, didn't make me feel too good. But how you keep pushing forward, pushing through it, and you know, preserve through for the glory of God. I have been before. I'm sorry. I think I have been. I don't think I have. Well, to my face. So um, there was one particular moment where I went to one church. They didn't really know me like that. I was just visiting from time to time. And I guess they were mad because I wasn't a member. And they were like, well, you know, so-and-so does this and that. And they do that and this. And I'm like, well, I'm not a member of your church. So why are you expecting me to or forcing me to join? But I think that was the only incident. I never had any like full fledged 
comparison. There wasn't a time where you were singing and they were singing and y'all was both going at it and no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I was just there. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it may be like that for some people in choirs. Yeah, no, I I think I wasn't necessarily like I didn't feel like I was in comp- competition with them, but I feel like people felt like they were in competition with me. Like um growing up, our, our church used to uh, give rewards for like grades and stuff like that. We used to get money. And yeah, our first lady, she was on it. Like she she cared about our education. Um, but like I noticed like every time like somebody would be like, oh, Deronda, da da da, there would be like a mom who would be like, Well, my child. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine. I'm glad. Like I didn't want this anyway. I didn't want the attention anyway. But um, yeah, I definitely felt like I was compared to people. Um, even though I didn't feel like I was in competition with them. So, um, have you ever felt jealous of another saint? Yes. Yeah. What happened? Like, tell me about it. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Be but yeah. Uh, was I jealous of another saint? Yes. Saints in people who weren't saved, but yeah different saints so different people have different privileges in the church as we all know this growing up Mm -hmm. so it's like why do they get to do I don't know this or why do they get to plan all the programs and no one else gets to have a say in it that's what bothered me Mm -hmm. I was always jealous of people that could play the organ always jealous of people that could play the organ I wish I knew how to I sometimes feel that sense of jealousy of people that can play the organ because I would love that gift. But um, yeah, that's where my jealousy, you know, jealous of people that can play the organ, play the keyboard, even people that can play drums, you know. You jealous of me? I play the keyboard. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, I I'm am. I'm just learning because I'm tired of looking at people playing it. So I guess we got the same common commonality. Yeah. yeah that's what i was gonna ask i was like have you ever tried to play or learn i've tried how? to play try to learn I, it wasn't it wasn't working out for me mm-hmm. and it's not like i'm almost 30 so it's not even it's, it's not cute anymore you know it's not it's not you know when you're young you're a teenager you're like 11 and 12 learning to play the organ that's like nice you know you have a future ahead of you you know but now at 30 years old, nobody wants to hear a 30-year-old bang on the organ, you know, as a beginner. Like, where do you even fit in? <laughs> you and your imaginary standards. I, can't. Yeah, I don't think there's nothing wrong like, with that. I'm learning right now, so. <laughs> no. I think it's to keep you humble, too, because if you you already can sing, so God is trying to keep you humble. No, I, it's kind of like, kind of like Kirk. No. He can play the piano, but he can't sing. But if he could have did both, he would have been out there. Mm-hmm. That's a good point that the you jealous of people, but there's definitely probably people that's jealous of you. I'm trying to think it's true. If I ever felt jealous. There like I don't know. There's definitely been things that like people are better than me at in church. Like people might be better usher or they might be a better singer, or like they got a cute shout and I don't got a cute shout and I just be like, Oh, that's nice. I don't know. Petty stuff like that. I don't know. Actually, I never looked at anybody. I wish I had it. But <laughs> I mean, 
I had beef in the church. <laughs> we didn't have beef. But yeah, you would just look at something and be like, oh, that's like that characteristic about them is really cool. And I don't think that equates to jealousy necessarily, but it's just like, you know, Admiration. they got a swag. Yeah. And I'll be cool. All people that can shout. Like I get so jealous of people that can like shout. Like people that just can like got these pretty I just I get so mad. Like I sometimes I have to just walk out of service because I'm just so upset. These people can shout and here I am with two left feet, you know, gotta just kind of buck, you know. You know, I actually I actually do want to see Mike shout. But yeah, no, the Saints, <laughs> like it's about giving glory to God, but this the Saints could find ways to be petty about anything. Somebody come in with a long prayer cap and they'd be petty. Somebody come in with <laughs> you bring a friend to church and they mad that you brought a friend. It's always I've seen that happen. <laughs> because I'm effectively witnessing. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> so does competition or comparison have a place in the church? No. Not at all? Why do you think no, so? No, because the Bible says don't compare yourselves among yourselves. For good reason. Um, the only thing we should, the only person we should, we know we're supposed to be comparing ourselves is Jesus. If everyone's comparing themselves to Jesus and looking to Jesus for their standard, then we wouldn't be jealous of each other. You know, because technically we're all the same. We're all sinful creatures born. You know, we have sinful nature, but we both agree on multiple things that the word of God says. And we believe in God himself. So. I think it breeds contention. It breeds just, it just don't compare yourself to nobody. <laughs> Cause you don't know their story. It's very dangerous ground to, you know, when comparison, you know, creeps in the church. Cause I've been guilty of myself. I will compare when I hear a preacher and I've, it's something I've had to learn to stop doing. Like I hear preaching, I'm comparing it to great preaching that I heard. I'm comparing it to my favorite preachers. Well, they didn't break the scripture down like this. So they didn't break it down like that. And I've had to like tell myself like, Mike, no, are they preaching under the anointing? Are you getting something out of this? You know, blah, 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 blah. But I think comparison has stunts the church because I think a lot of people do that. Like they, you know, praise and worship going on. They're comparing like the, the, this, the singing to like, you know, the, how that album is. Well, Tasha Cobbs and them on their CD, they split on this harmony. Why are they singing in unison like that? I've been guilty of that myself. I can't speak for anybody else. And I think sometimes like you, we have to be careful with that because we miss God doing stuff like that, sitting in the midst, trying to compare everything. when We're there to, you know, get something from the Lord. So. Right. I think there's like both positive and negatives. So like on the one hand, competition and comparison it creates things like jealousy it creates things like imitation i've seen people that because they wanted to be like somebody so bad you start listening to them you like i think you definitely took that from x y and z preacher your shout look like hers why do you do that run like her like you can definitely pick those up but i also your tongue sound like hers <laughs> your tongue sound, oh lord the tongue <laughs> but people start to imitate but then there's also the comparison or the competition that creates growth. And like where you see somebody, I think I've mentioned this before, but my cousin got the Holy Ghost before me. So it drove me to get the Holy Ghost or um, somebody else is really into their word and I can see them growing spiritually and it makes me want to grow. And so like, I think that there's healthy competition, um, but 
also you want to be wary of the the negative parts, which is like jealousy and imitation. Because I wouldn't call that competition. I would call that encouragement in my point, in my perspective. But is it encouraging? And encouragement to me is pro more proactive, whereas competition is a reactionary thing. You know what I mean? Like somebody has to actively encourage you, whereas competition a lot of time is in your head. It depends on the definition of the. Is this an adverb, a verb, a noun, <laughs> pronoun? I don't want to get to the syntax of the word. Lord. I'm just saying because <laughs> you can't just throw that on there and then not have. <laughs> it's true. Facts. Like what is this? <laughs> but yeah, that's just my perspective. But because competition, uh, strong word. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Like, are apostolics creating an atmosphere for, comp- for competition? Yes. How would yes, you define we competition? We have. How look so? at that church over there. They do this and they do that. <laughs> look at quiet. The sopranos are hitting it. <laughs> What's wrong with y'all? Altos are flat. I don't know. <laughs> but, well, I think you know the you asked the question about have apostolic churches created a competition, but I think it has mm-hmm. when we've broken off into all these organizations and sub organizations and mm-hmm. splits and things like that because now you know like it's almost like oh can we one up you over here or you know and I know they seem to get into a very different con- conversation but I think you know in the apostolic church like it's all about oh let me see they you know they did this over here we're gonna do this over here like I'm seeing that more now with a lot of churches now than I ever have before. Like, you know, these oh, this church split into two churches. So, you know, they got this going on, but we about to do this over here. We're going to go live with this and we can go live with that. And you know, what they doing down the street over there. See, I see that they did. It's, it's too much. And it's like, at some point, you know, God is removed out of it. You just kind of doing things just to be doing it. Like, and it's you at some point create this strange fire because you've gotten so much into competing with one another that the glory of God is no longer there. I think that's a good point. Not to rank on y'all who are part of organizations, but <laughs> like, I, I do see it mostly. I remember when, um, before we became independent, we were part of an organization. And um, when I was growing up, and we used to have like these competitions every year for the convocation or the convention or whatever. And like, it would be like, um, you had to remember Psalms 23 or the books of the Bible and you get little trophies at the end. And like, there was other saints from other churches that you would compete with. And then afterwards, like you'd be like, oh yeah, my home church, my church, the best, we da da da. And it's just like, why are we doing this? <laughs> Like it was good because it was helping me learn scripture, but then it was like for the sake of what? Like for me to go back, or even like I don't know if y'all ever felt this, but we would go to a visiting church and our choir would compete. Like, not really, like something we never really felt like we was competing with people because I came from a singing church, but <laughs> I saw a class space. <laughs> the saints, the saints who know us will agree with me, but um <laughs> A lot of (laughs) very much so. But um a lot of times we would go to other people's churches and it did. Sometimes it felt like a competition. Like all of a sudden they had to whip out some um there is no way or something to like try to one up 
your church's song and Ooh, just they picked a, a hard one yeah. right right yeah it, it, i mean it, it's been like that like we, i mean we've been guilty like we go somewhere and sing and like you know kind of sit back with our arms folded while the other choirs are there singing or you know just kind of like you know, you young in high school, kind of like lynch out to you. You hear them out there, you hear them because we about to go, we about to blow. You know, that's how it was. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> all it is, I can't. <laughs> you know, because we had a, we had a practice, we had a rehearse, we had got our stuff together, and so you know, we just was was ready. But it just, you know, I think you know, and sometimes it's like fun. You think it's fun, but you just don't want that spirit to like choke your church by grab your church by the neck like that and that becomes part of your your church's dna where it's all about competition all about like trying to compete with one another because it it, it can and sometimes like Pete churches do it unknowingly like prime example the organization i grew up in was very small like 20 churches and so we would have what's called youth council right and so during youth council each church had to like represent so whether you, you you do a skit, you sing a song, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was always crazy because the larger churches would give these like all out plays, like skits, we have background singers, we have the mom groups, we have all of this stuff. And then your churches that had like 10 people with like two young people, they would get up there doing a testimony for as a representation. <laughs> and it's not, <laughs> it's not funny, but you know, you have to think like, okay, like your church got 50 young people and then we only got two young people. How am I feeling? You know, getting up here as a youngster, having to watch these churches get in front of me and do this long drawn out skit or do this, you know, whatever. And they got all these people. So then you create competition that way. And the next year, you know, you got to try to answer questions like, well, why come they, you know, it seemed like they had an interesting skit when they got up there. It was like, well, baby, they got, you know, 200 plus young people. We only got two or three, you know, so we can't compete with that. So it's just sometimes like it's, it's created unknowingly. And if you don't get in there and break that stuff up or find some system where people feel like they're all on the same playing field, it can get a little bit rough. Yeah, no. And, and it's funny because the apostolic faith is all about oneness. And when we create competition and comparison, we're automatically going against the basis of what we believe and we're creating division. Like, how can we be one if you looking over here and saying like, hey, we sing better than you. We do this better than you. Our pastor preach better than you. Um, he does. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, even if that's the case, okay, so what? It should be something that we help people grow. And I think Mike raised a good point is that the effect competition has on the people who are, I should say, the losers. Marginalized. Stop. Don't call them that. <laughs> okay. I couldn't think of the right word. Marginalized. The is losers. Tell us how you really feel, Sister Ron. Competition is about winners and losers, but the people who are marginalized, you're absolutely right. The people who always feel like they put in the back of the church or they don't get to show their gifts or they don't get to show their talents or they're never, you know, given gratitude or thanked. You know what I mean? They work in the kitchen, but whenever the, the pastor talks about we give honor to the kitchen staff, it's always the head person, it's never them. And sometimes like getting that over and over again is kind of abusive, if that makes sense. Like if you're the child that's not getting the affection 
are feeling like you're contributing to the family. You feel like a black sheep. And that's when you start getting people that turn in the ramps. Rebe- rebellion grows from that, at least I think. so. Start bucking. Yeah. <laughs> and you might have a reason to. I don't know. Yeah, they may. <laughs> so what can the church do to address competition and the, the bad effects of it, like jealousy and resentment? I think it all stems from what you draw attention to. If your attention is where, if the church is magnifying the right things, then the congregation or it will, I mean, if the pastor is, you know, magnifying the correct things and the, then the congregation will follow and set the, set the standard for like what, what we should be focusing on. Who cares about the choir when we, when another choir gets up or visiting choir gets up, stand up and clap for them. Right. Acknowledge them. Say hello. <laughs> They're visiting. <laughs> like treat them you know, as family, because they are family. They believe what we believe. And if they don't, still treat them with the love of Christ so that they, you know, understand what we believe. Like we reflect God in everything that we do. And once that focus is shifted and the Bible says to magnify the Lord, if we magnify him instead of ourselves and our feelings, you know, we'll be on the right path and we'll be actually doing what the church is supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that with jealousy, I think you're always going to have someone in the midst that's just, it's, that's almost personal, almost. But as a collective, um, I agree with Clap. Like, you know, it, it all goes into the right teaching, like making sure you're teaching people that, you know, we're not here for competition. But then also, too, making sure you got the right people in the right places in these ministries because you do, you might have somebody that's over your, you know, choir or praise team that can really sing and sing their heart out, but they might invoke a spirit of jealousy and stuff because they're not being led by the spirit of God. They're being led by the fact that they can really sing. So they've already created this spirit of division, this spirit of like, Oh, I can get up here and I'm going to blow and stuff like that. And, and yes, while from a positive standpoint, it's probably making people step that game up. From a spiritual standpoint, you got to look at like, is this person like really like, you know, promoting growth within this department, or promoting growth within the church? Like, is this person really promoting like a spirit of of winning and a spirit of of wanting to, you know, help grow this particular sector of the ministry or are they creating a spirit of like intimidation where, you know, people feel like they always got to do over and beyond to try to impress, you know, people or and stuff like that. And that's what sometimes churches become. Like you have people that can will and, and should do, but they won't because there's this spirit of intimidation because they feel like, you know, there's not a lot of humble humility, you know, there's not a lot of humility now. There's not a lot of humility from people now. Sometimes these people sit in these positions at church 20 plus years because the skill is there and the gifting is there, but the character ain't there and and the right spirit and stuff is not there, which has created jealousy and animosity, which has seeped over into the spirit, into the church as a whole. Like, you know, you got people that's been over the women's department for 20 plus years, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're skilled at it, you know, but then, you know, turn around, you know, they created this, this competition in church where they feel like people always got to like compete because, you know, oh, well, 
sisters, I'm on sister such and such is gonna be here today. Let me make sure I got this on. Let me make sure I got that on because I know she's gonna see me, or you know, brother such and such is gonna, gonna be here singing today. Let me make sure you know I got my A game. Like it shouldn't be like that in church because we're not here to glorify one another, we're here to glorify glorify God. You know, it's not about you at the end of the day. So Right. And I, I think you raised a really good point is that sometimes the people that are, I just, I don't want to say winners, but the people who are the ones that's creating the, the issue are on top are not the best at the job. And yeah. they want to hold back people who they see could actually build the church and help it grow. Passing the mantle is important. Like I've seen so many times where there's somebody who I've been this for years. I've been the head usher for years. I've been the choir director for years. I've been the head of this department and somebody has a gift or a talent of decorating the church and they don't want to give it up because I've been doing this for, like you were saying, 20 some odd years, or somebody doesn't want to um, let somebody else who's musically inclined help lead the choir because I've been doing this and this is my thing and you can't have this because this is the one thing I got in this church. Like, yeah, the gatekeeper. And like, as saints, we can't do that. Like God has a place for all of us and a spot for all of us. And, you know, if you can't get on board, then you're going to be moved out the way. (laughs) You can't get on board and do what God wants you to do. And you start getting certain ways in your heart, God is going to remove you. So um, I think that's important too, like generally for churches to think about, you know, be observant. I think leadership in the church should be observant. If there's somebody who's teachable and who's doing a good job, you know, giving them the chance to be involved because that will help a lot. And then on a more personal level, what can individual saints do to address jealousy i know you said mike that it's a personal issue how do we address the personal issue i think at the end of the day like you know with that you have to make sure your your spirit is right and making sure that you're doing the things you need to do to make sure that your spirit and your right in your heart is in the right place like you know you got to make sure like even if because you know i've been in in church before and be like you know been like oh lord that person definitely seems better than i do and stuff like that but i'm at have to ask the lord too like Hey, like, Lord, like, you know, help me to get behind like this person, like this person is who you put up here, you know, help me not to sit in judgment, help me not to sit in a a place of jealous of jealousy, but help me to get into what is, you know, going on here if it if it's spiritual, you know, and so I think the way to combat that is like, you're gonna have to you have to pray and ask God, like, Lord, if there's a spirit of jealousy there, if I have a heart of jealousy or anything that's not like you, like, like, you know, help me to remove that out because you can hinder a lot of things. Having that jealous spirit, like you can you can hinder a lot of things. And like I said, you always gonna have one or two people there that's gonna always be in that place of like jealousy and envy and be envy and stuff. It happens all the time in every church. But when that becomes the collective, whatever, I think that's where we have the problem. So yeah, I concur with. Apostles, what he's saying, um, just be sure to go to God, ask him to <laughs> ask him to <laughs> go to God, ask him to search your heart and uh reveal any jealousy because sometimes we're jealous and we don't even know. Mm-hmm. Also, after that, we gotta be careful around who we're around because if they're talking and hyping somebody up, that's gonna incite 
uh, a more jealous uh, spirit in your heart. So you got to be careful and ask God to guard your ears and um, surround you with people or even give you the um, humility and lowliness that you need um, in the church. And maybe you should fast from that position and see what happens, see how you feel to see if you're even jealous or see if you're even discontent with where you are. Um, that's another thing to consider as well. Yeah. My mom used to say like, she was like, there was stuff that was going on in the church that she didn't notice. She was like an ostrich and they just got their head in the sand and they wasn't paying attention. And I think that's what the saints ought to do is if you're constantly working on improving yourself and how you can develop your relationship with Christ and what he's giving you, um, take the talent that he gave you and work on that and grow that or whatever, how many talents he gave you um, instead of putting it in the ground because you see somebody else. I think that will help instead of focusing so much on the other people. Um, if we look internally there, there won't be anybody to compete with because you're competing with yourself. I think that's the ultimate thing for us as saints, especially, is that we have to work on killing our own flesh every day. And if we concentrate on that fight, then you don't got time. If my hands is full. What somebody said, it was like, if you spend 12, like six months minding your business and six months staying out of mind, <laughs> like, or something <laughs> like that, I don't know. It's, it's a saying or something like that. But, you know, if you constantly looking at the way people in church are, it's, it is, it's going to destroy you. It's going to hurt you. Your feelings are going to be hurt. It's funny because there's so many people in church that have low self-esteem. And I didn't realize that, but it's so true. And I don't know where the trauma came from for people to just like the people of God just don't have any confidence in themselves. They don't. They constantly paying attention to how other people. I don't know if like we if like the church setting has has established that. I don't know what it is, but I just know so many saints that struggle with having any type of self-confidence or feeling like they can do something. And mm -hmm. then when they very do get insecure. something, yeah, very insecure. And then when they do get something, they're constantly want to be validated for it. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the church don't do that for you. They're not going to always clap the saints. No. <laughs> and it's not because personally for you it's because, you know, the enemy just be working it or you just got off of work and you sit in this church and you don't feel like clapping, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think, you know, too, like I know growing up, like, or even, and I've seen this even, even recently where, if it's somebody out of the norm, you could be as anointed as, as you want to be, or you could be as, you know, whatever, or be as gifted. But if it's out of the norm or, you know, people sitting out there, if it's not their favorite person or their friend up there, you know, whether it's singing, mm -hmm. preaching, you know, reading the scripture, you know, sometimes they might not get behind you. Like I, I remember being in a choir rehearsal uh, one time and, um, the choir director for that particular choir was, was not there. And so, uh, you know, the person that was leading the choir, they was like, oh, would you come help direct the song? I'm going to lead it. So I directed it. I was correcting a couple of parts. I don't claim to be the best choir director. I'm, I, you know, matter of fact, I, I want to kind of wash my hands of it, but we'll talk about that offline. But I don't claim to be the best, but, <laughs> you know, I'm, I just, I can do the basics, whatever. But I knew there were parts in the song that weren't right. So I wanted to fix those parts. And I could feel some of the choir members' spirits. 
in the choir mm. as saying like who do he think he is up here or who who is he who is he to fix this this part so i immediately kind of just like sh- shut shut up and was just like you know what this is going to be what it is and went from there because you know i don't ever want you know to cause you know animosity with someone but i'm not going to wrestle against that foul spirit of yours either I'm just not like, I'm not going to wrestle against that spirit. Like, you know, because your friend ain't up here doing it or because you feel like, you know, it should be somebody else up there or you're not used to this or who do you think you are? You know, I I don't want to wrestle with that. So sometimes people will have those kind of things right there in church when it's not so much that you're doing a bad job. It's not so much that you, you know, it's not a low. It's just sometimes people are so used to who they want and who they got to listen to who they want. And we as saints got to get out of that. And I'm speaking to myself too. Like sometimes like I've been in church before and I've been that person if the pastor wasn't there I'm walking out at the offering you know and going home or going to get something to eat because the person I want to hear is not there so what if God is using that person to give me a word that I need to hear but I don't want to hear because it, it ain't the person that I want up there you know so we got to be we got to do a lot better with that as saints you know so apostle you better walk into your calling that's the thing is like everybody act like Moses is a foreign story. The people complained the whole time with Moses. They didn't even want him to lead them. They did. <laughs> but it. God put like... him in that comp- position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if you are a leader out there listening and if you are called and you know it and you know and you're good at what you do, forget the people. They always going to complain. They always mumble and complain. And I think you brought up another good point. Like my bishop used to always say, my two and not you, my four no more. And he used to talk about these church cliques and basically it's a bunch of bullies that just gang up and just be like, oh, we're not going to be satisfied with this. This ain't how things go. I've been here for since the beginning or I know how and they don't like change. And you're absolutely right. We have to like we, the scripture doesn't change. The word doesn't change. But I mean, the people do and we have to evolve. We got to get better. But anyway, any final remarks? I think we covered a whole lot of this stuff. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So let's go to the music ministry. Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, but do I got some music for y'all this week? Because I've been in the 90s bag and rediscovered some stuff. But I'm going to let you ladies start first. What you all been listening to um, this week? What has been helping you through the week? Because I know this week has been overwhelming in some regard. Uh, I know for me it has. So what y'all been listening to? Apostle, you need to fill us in about what happened. <laughs> yeah, you just I, I will online because what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, we talked about it in a group chat uh, the other night, but um, I, I, I'm going to talk offline. I'm going to let our <laughs> okay. podcast be, and we're going to talk offline. I, I got some things to get off my chest tonight. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had to go to Kirk Carr this week. Um, the very best of Kirk Carr. So I had to go into um, For Every Mountain um, and play a little bit of that. I've got so much to So yeah, I mean, if you if you a pew baby and you don't know that song, I don't know what to say. But uh, <laughs> so 
But that whole arrangement, her just acapella in the beginning, mm, you already know it's about to go down. And then <laughs> so I was going through that. Um, also, I also listened to Donald Lawrence. So hey. the Tri-City, I know Ron, I just was thinking about <laughs> how she said she was a diehard Donald Lawrence <laughs> fan at the age of five. <laughs> <laughs> but just going through his songs like he's really ministering y'all like <laughs> I never noticed it going up but um like never seen the righteous God's favor mm-hmm. if you don't know I'm not gonna play it you should just know those and yet I'm still saved I'm gonna yes, hit that Lord. real quick that's a good one Also, sorry, I forgot. So Duranis Pace died. So I was digging into the Pace Sisters because I never really delved into, I didn't grow up listening to the Pace Sisters. I mean, my mother had the Sean Pace album. She always played um, There's a Leak in This Old Building. Mm-hmm. That one, her famous song. But I was listening to some of their songs on there. Um, but yeah, I was going to play it, but I don't have it up right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Ron. Okay, so I had like very extreme moods this week. So the first mood I was in was we sang this actually at my church on Sunday. And I was like, yes, Lord. So um, you fight on by Apostle James Pickney in the voices of faith. But yes, keep your sword in your hand. You fight on. Um, we had a good old time with that on Sunday. And I was like, yes, I've been listening to it all week. And then um, for work, I kind of stumbled into this. Um, I don't know what to call it. Coffee house Christian music. Oh, yeah. Kind of like study to and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jeremiah Palton, he has a song called Sweet Melodies. Thank you for the days. Thank you for the ups and the downs. Thank you for the ways. You keep your loving around. Cause I can't stop thinking about the sweet, sweet melodies that you sing. I'm on your mind. So talking about um, being on God's mind and having them on yours, and I th- just thought it was really nice and mellow. And it, I just say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At first, I had to like listen to the song a little bit. I know, I like, like... you know those songs that was like, do they talk about Jesus? But then what it gets so BBCC. <laughs> I just wanna be close to you. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> No, but I listened to it all the way through. They mentioned Jesus because, you know, I, I like to have that name in there that validates stuff for me. But yes. um, it was a it was a nice, really mellow song. And it's a good song to listen to when you're trying to focus, but you want to stay holy. So <laughs> you got to send me that because uh, my relaxing music is a little different. Um, 
it's 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 instrumentals though. It's just instrumentals. <laughs> uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so I got a lot of music. I've been in my nineties and early two thousands bag today. Um, so I don't know if y'all remember uh, if you grew up around you know in the apostolic way Pentecost. You heard of Bishop Ronald Brown. Yeah. And so they did a, uh, they remastered his CD, put it on Apple Music. Uh, his Minister of Music kind of did a revamp to it. Um, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs off that album. I'm going to try not to be too long. And I got three songs I want to play and I'm jumping out. Uh, but the first one, it says, God is still on the throne within your bosom. Yes. Mm. So yeah, that's God is still on the throne. Uh, it actually reminds me of a song we used to sing growing up because God is already here. We were singing when somebody was tearing for the Holy Ghost. Um, it's the same exact melody, uh, just a change of words. Um, the next song I want to play, uh, Michael Ross, is the same uh, church choir, the Faith Tabernacle Voices. Um, I'll tell you, this choir album is just amazing. Something straight out of the 90s. Uh, I think he remastered it. So I'm going to play one of the favorite songs out there called Save Me uh, on this uh, CD. Here it is right here. Save Me by Michael Ross and the Faith Tabernacle Voices. Yeah, so that's been on repeat, and Ooh, I like that one. Thing. Yeah, yeah they got listen to the whole. That whole album is just amazing. I mean, they don't sing those, I got songs, those songs no more. No, they don't. They don't. The church. This last one's by Bishop Andrew J. Ford and the Anointed Voices of Ford Memorial Temple. Um, they have a really great choir album as well. But this one is called "All Hell the Power." You all know the hymn, but this is just a rendition of it. So yeah, uh, so yeah, definitely been in my choir bag this week. Um, our hymn for the week, I don't think we did one last week, but our hymn for the week this week is Leave It There. The word says, if the world from you withhold of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with meager fare, just remember in his word how he feeds a little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. This is my favorite part. It says, leave it there, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And that was our music ministry of Pew Baby. Amen. I love 
verses and hymns because <laughs> those birdie and feed him and he didn't broke his leg like, pick it back what? up what right like what were you doing but all right okay Praise god hey bet all god's god with the glory all right do we have any closing remarks on tonight hair and none amen we're gonna go ahead and have benediction <laughs> who wants to close us out clap clap okay <laughs> all right uh let the words of our mouth let the words, words of my, my mouth, mouth and meditation of our hearts and the meditation, and the meditation of, of my heart, heart be acceptable in thy sight being acceptable, be acceptable in, thy, in sight. thy sight oh lord our strength <laughs> oh lord our strength right and our redeemer why you why y'all saying it like that our redeemer in jesus name in Jesus', Jesus name. name. May the Lord watch between me and thee. Had to add that in there. Pop quiz. Who said that, y'all? <laughs> oh. No, no, no. Which McCall is a dad, father-in-law. And uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Weird stuff. Crazy things. Laban, whatever his name is. Lay yeah, Laban. <laughs> yeah. All right. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to have a blessed week, highly favored week, a better week than what Mike had. <laughs> We're about to find that all. We're about to find, find out. out right. <laughs> I know. All right, y'all. Love somebody. Right. Amen. Amen.